Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal and Andy Bernard. We got uh, now we're schmoozing, got a guest, we got car selling secrets. Do you have a guest today for car selling? Me. Secrets? That's why I've done I've got all this prep work. I've you're got, the you're the I guest. I probably have five hours worth of stuff to cover. You're so the guest. You well, might want to order with Papa John's. Having you talk to yourself is gonna be really good for me, <laughs> I'll tell you that. It's gonna be very interesting. We'll be back with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant there's Dougie, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Guess what started this week? Um, my defibrillation? <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, we're starting our annual uh, toy drive at all Walzer locations. Oh, there you go. We're I partnering. Like uh, you know, we, we do it with different groups to sort of spread it around. Toys for Tots is the focus this year, which is supported by the U.S. Marines. Really cool. I, I remember I had just come back to Walzer. It was 04. And me and my son, who was three, went to the backyard at Care 11 to give our Walzer oh, toys sure. to Belinda Jensen. And it was, was Belinda five degrees out, and my mm. son was freezing. But anyway, if you have some toys that you would like to donate to Toys for Tots, any Walzer store, including all of our affiliate businesses like Walzer Glass and Collision, the rental uh, company, you can just go to walzer.com, find the one that's nearest to you. This is a big deal that for, for us. We... Uh, we participated in it as employees, and we just like it, this is going to be. Th it's always a tough year if you're underprivileged. I think with everything that's going on right now, this is the year to pony up. So that's the message. I like ponying up, man. Pony up, baby. Pony up, yeah, yeah, baby. I'll go with baby. <laughs> Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. So I actually have a question for Doug. It's somewhat car-related. Okay. So a couple days ago, 1 p.m., broad daylight, a uh, couple of guys pull up to our neighbor. Uh, they pull into his driveway. They jack up his car and saw his catalytic converter off <laughs> and take it. People were watching them. They didn't even care. Have you ever heard of something like this happening before? Yeah, it's a well, bring it up in car selling secrets because we've got a lot of driving okay. tips. Well, all right, uh, catalytic converters and it's not so much anymore, but airbags were commonly stolen. But in the middle of the day, with people watching them do it, what are the? We'll they, talk about it in an hour. <laughs> Stay right tuned. Oh, he gonna, likes it. I like it. He likes it. <laughs> yeah, it was the most bizarre thing I've I think I've ever seen. 
but we have a ring doorbell and it caught everything. So. Oh, wow. you, oh, your so, doorbell caught everything. Whoops. Yeah. God, I, uh, unbelievable. Okay, I just saw this uh, story and I didn't realize I was going to retire at such a young age, but it sure looks like I may have to. Um, but it all depends the way they do this. Now, here, here's what I like. Biden indicates he supports raising tax rates to Bush-era highs. Under George W. Bush, the highest marginal income rate was 39.6% for Americans earning at least $374,000. And that's federal. That's federal. So including states, including yeah, local. Another 10. Yeah. yeah 60%? It's going, to be, it's going to be 55, somewhere in there. It's pretty high. Um, but here's a question I have for you. Because this might not make any difference whatsoever, because Trump screwed the taxpayers over in that bracket when he jumped into office. Because all the states he lost, and Minnesota was one of them, he took away the right to write off your state taxes on your federal return. The salt tax, right? Yep. Exactly. State and local taxes. Um, if Biden, and we're at what, 32% top rate? Yeah, now? I was going to ask you that. It seemed. I think it is. See. I think you might be right. I think it's 32%. It's so hard to calculate because it's 32%, but with a higher standard deduction, which is $24,000. Right, right. right. Apparently it's 37. What is? Highest federal tax bracket. 37 under under Trump? That's what they say. I don't, I'm not buying that. Yeah. 37 for how much? Oh, but that's for $510,000. Well, it's over. So uh, Biden is going to lower the, uh, the prerequisite or whatever by two hundred thousand dollars. Well, I that's what's so you're going to be paid. You're going to be taxed uh, at that rate on an additional two hundred thousand dollars. Is what's going to happen. This oh, campaign promise. Now take that for with tons of yeah, grains really. of salts. Was that if you were four hundred grand or less, your taxes wouldn't go up? Right. But he said that he was going to raise them at four hundred. And again, it's a campaign promise. Well, yeah. I can name the last campaign promise that was kept. So here's my here's my view of it now. <laughs> my no, point no, exactly. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. These people are all organized criminals. All of them. Yeah. Democrats, Republicans. We got nothing but a bunch of gangsters running D.C. now. Okay, so let me ask you a question. So he, we're at 37 right now, correct? Well, actually, yes, we are, but it's 35 over 200,000. Yeah. So it's functionally the same over 200,000. So it actually, is, yeah. 36 over 3 you'd probably be paying less income tax. Particularly if you can write your state tax off on the Fed, which Democrats always allow you to do. Doesn't mean Joe Biden's going to do it, but I assume he'll do it. So in the long run, uh, Biden compared to Trump, even though his rate's going to be two and a half points higher, if you can write off your state taxes, it's for me personally, it's going to be 7% lower. Yeah, it's also complicated. You can't look at things like that. You have to. No. You really have to do your taxes to find out how much tax you're paying. Flat tax. That's the thing. There flat tax. Yep. Yeah. Ninety percent for everyone. Tax, I do too. Yeah. How many people would be out of work if we had a flat tax? Well, though? you you, yeah. you you wouldn't want to own an H and R block franchise. No, you would no. not, because you got nobody showing up there. <laughs> right. We got a call from Officer Dave. Officer Dave. I have a feeling I know what he's going to talk about. Being uh, defunded. Probably don't today, Andy. No? I'm calling because I'm going to beat up Tom Bernard. Oh. He suggested the peanut butter pretzel crackers. Uh-oh. I'm blaming my future weight gain on you, Tom. <laughs> I just had some about an hour ago. Peanut butter what crackers? Oh. Those peanut butter filled pretzels. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I used good. to eat those all the time, but yeah. <sighs> 
You can't eat more than one or else you'll die. Well, you can't stop eating them oh. is the problem. So, so Officer Dave, are you just chowing them down by the fistful? And I, I stopped after the show and had my break. And, oh, Tom was talking about these. So they had the little, you know, the $2.20 sample size or mm-hmm. snack size ones. Sure. I physically, I threw $3 on the counter and I walked up the door because I went up bought it. That's exactly how I feel, Officer Dave. I literally cannot stop eating them. Once I start eating them, I can't stop. It's terrible. Oh, gosh. It's just like, I turned on the the little sample thing was empty. I'm like, I got to get out of here. Because I'm buying all that they got. All they got. Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear you loved them as much as I. I don't know what it is. It's just, first of all, I like pretzels and I like peanut butter, but the combination of the two is deadly. Yeah. It's that salty but not sweet, overly sweet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that, that's exactly right. Oh. Makes me miss PB and crisps. <laughs> oh, PB crisps made by who made those again? Keebler? Uh, no, that was uh, the what's the Mr. Peanut? Oh, Planters. Oh, Planters, yeah. yeah. PB crisps. Those. Yep. Yeah, they were, those were the best snack food I've ever had. But oh. They were they only existed for a little while and they never brought them back. And I wonder I don't know why. why. I wonder why that is. I don't. They probably had some illegal chemicals in them to make them taste so good. <laughs> it's all illegal. All illegal. Had a little uh, had a little heroin in there. That's what it was. No question. Well, I'm glad I ruined oh. your life. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't resist not calling in. I appreciate so. it, Pally. Get back to work. All right. And the app isn't working again, Andy. The app. Yep. Well, uh, that thing hasn't been updated in, what, four years? So. Well, why don't we update it? I am not surprised. <laughs> How do we update it? Oh, wait, no. Oh, yeah, you're right. It lost uh, this audio stream, lost connection. There we go. It should be back. I don't know why it lost connection to begin with, but... Uh, no, we're going to have to check that every day. <laughs> your I've app should be working way. now. Yeah, no, Officer Dave. I, I like to listen to the app. That way I'm not tempted to be on Facebook and look at the screen. No, I understand. You don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to look at the screens. Well, yeah. Not to mention, like data-wise, it's you don't want to be doing the video while you're on data. Exactly. No so. question. All right, Pally. And I'm a flat tax believer myself. Yeah, so I know. Go. But but the problem is there that you know how many lawyers and ta- accountants and all these business owners like HR Block. It would put millions of would. people out any, of work. Yeah, any tax law inter. Well, yeah. although you still have complicated stuff, you still have write-offs. You still have deductibles. Not as flat tax. No, no nope. write-offs at all. Nope, you just pay the fifteen percent, and you're well, done. Wouldn't that pretty much destroy the charity industry? Mm, there's another. Well, good kind point, of, that's already happened. Has it? Yeah, because you can't t- deduct charitable contributions under the current. You, you can't. Tax. No. Oh. Oh my God! I had a pile of them. I was ready to go. That's, Apparently, yeah, that's, that's, that's that 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 was replaced by a larger oh. standard deduction. Oh. Okay. Well, that's great news. That, yeah, that's going to do it for charity. Then you're right. Yeah, that's well, it's not, not going to sink them. But I think, it, and it depends well, on the charity. Good. But they're down about a third. Oh okay. yeah, that's why, not good at all. Why is he doing things like all these? Again, Officer Dave, I want all politicians arrested as thugs <laughs> and criminals. Well, I mean, in theory, it makes sense. You know, the the standard deduction goes up, so there's no difference between you giving to charity. The difference between the old and new standard deduction. So tax wise, the same thing would happen. But <laughs> most people are going to see that bigger standard deduction. They're going to think, oh, that's my money. I'm going to keep it. 
Well, and the other part of it, you can't. It, it's not. It's un. It's unfair to blame it all on the tax code, when you run into difficult economic times like we're at now. Well, you know, yeah. Unemployment's up a little bit, and and it's really the people's fear, not so much what the current state is. That's and true. The charitable contributions tend to yeah. wane off a little bit, shall we say? They do. It's true, but not at my house. They don't, because I got a stack of them. Apparently, I can just throw them away. Then good. That's I'll perfect. take them. <laughs> That'll be absolutely perfect. Uh, the oh, federal government burned me on uh, another thing, too, because, uh, you know, I sold the last bit of the farm to L.A. Nick, mm -hmm. right? And um, they counted it as, uh, because it's not my, the only way you can get that $500,000 one-time exemption is if you live in the house, apparently. Right. right. So the fact that we had the farm and we still own the farm we actually had to live there in order to get anything done. I don't really... I think for a couple of years, actually. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that means I will never, ever be able to use that deduction. Never. My whole life. I can't use that deduction because the current house I live in is not ever going to sell for twice what it's worth right. now. So, well, well, if you live long enough, yeah. you might have to be 107. You 107 might. years. Hey, Catherine, we finally got the big ride off. It's unbelievable. We're moving on up. We're moving on up, sweetheart. Yeah, go get in the Hupmobile. Yeah, great. <laughs> Officer Dave, have a good day, Pally. You guys too. Love you all. Take See you later. Pal, Pally. We shall take a break. Well, a maybe we should just extend it four minutes because the guest is on four. at five. Four? Well... Yeah. All right. Because the guest is on in five, so if we go to break now, we'll be calling him, like, five minutes early. Okay. I well, don't know. So I want to get back to this tax rate in any case. So right now we've got 37%. Is that what you're talking about, Andy? You said 37% is the top rate under under Trump, and that's over 37 what? over 535 over 200, basically. Okay. So 37, <clears throat> and you can't write off your state taxes. Right. So... Well, that means right now I'm paying fifty percent taxes. Yeah, probably. Well, over yeah. over two hundred thousand. Yeah. Yep. So basically, if Biden comes in and brings it up to thirty nine point six, but as I said, Democrats always give you the state tax write off on your Fed. Yeah, you'll never know. Yeah, right? you know, this we're we're in a cycle, and we've got to change it where. The idea in the past was the following administration would build on the previous administration's work. Not right, always just right. follow it, but yep. now we're going, you know, Obama. Every four uh, to eight years is a teardown. Yeah. yeah. That's right. So, and now we're, it's just, it's like the, the whipsaw effect. Yep. We see it in the car business with the manufacturers and the EPA and stuff. They keep changing the rules and they don't know. It's like, what the hell are we going to do now? Well, I mean, this past year to uh, 20, 2019, this, you know, the last tax year. Yep. Highest amount of taxes I've ever paid in my life. Wow. And I make less money now than I used to because, you know, and this next year, of course, is going to be a lot less because all, you know, most of the businesses we own part of are closed right yep. now. They're going to reopen eventually. But uh, 2019, I'll probably make up for, or 2020, I'll make up for 2019. But under Trump, I paid the ha highest taxes I've ever paid. So I don't know where people think we got such a great break with him. Hmm. Because, again, he had to pay back New York and Illinois and California, well, Oregon, I Washington, Minnesota. Uh, salt taxes, do they apply to rent? 
I don't know if you can write off your rent or not. Because if they don't, then that's who benefits is renters. It's this country's. The country is definitely pushing people to not own property. Oh, there's no question. They, say they don't by, want you owning property. They say by 2030, you will not own any property. That's what they're saying. Well, maybe you won't, but I'm getting the hell out. No. Where are you going? The moon. Andy from the moon, ladies and gentlemen. One be oxygen tank. Today. That's all I need. What, so what are you going to do and about that? Because seriously, I would not want to be 35 years old right now, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's really uncertain, that's for sure. It's amazing. But but I love how all these people go, well, with Trump we got this, and with Biden we'll have that. It's the same bullshit mm. over. Yeah. It's the same thing. You look at the numbers, they all wash out. Yeah. It's all the same, same. Matter of fact, Dwight Eisenhower had the highest tax rate in the history of the country, yes, didn't he? he did. Yeah, he did. To pay for World War II. Well, that makes sense, though. No, I understand. World War II, really, like, people were yep. donating every scrap of metal they could because otherwise the country was going to fall apart, apparently. All right, we do have to take that break now. We'll yes. be right back. We have a guest coming up next with the family. Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO from North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, you work with many different types of businesses. Can you tell me about one of them? Absolutely. Real Fishing was started by a young entrepreneurial couple here in the Twin Cities. They offer guided fishing services during the open water season and ice house rentals in the winter. They came to us with a great idea for their business, but not a lot of experience in getting one off the ground. Now that they're up and running, they've told us how much they appreciate that we listen to their ideas for their business and help them work through all of the contingencies that could come. Knowing that we will be here to help them every step of the way with the capital they need. Yeah, they're not going to get that at just any bank. You need Bilski. Tommy, our whole team at all of the branches take pride in providing outstanding customer service and are ready to help our clients when they need us most. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. By now you've all heard me talk about MyPillow and how it's literally changed my life. My friend Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fit me for my very own MyPillow, and I haven't stopped raving about them since. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. Made in the USA. If you don't have a MyPillow or know someone who doesn't, now is the time. Because for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows, yes, the one that started it all, for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98, regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more, by the way. Folks, now is the time to buy. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, but they are the best Christmas gifts ever. $29.98 for a queen-size premium MyPillow. Buy now, and Mike will extend his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Square and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. I had to wait for that drum beat. I just had to do it. Tell others to do it. The book, The Comeback, Greg LeMond, the true king of American cycling and a legendary tour to France. Daniel, how do you pronounce your last name, Daniel? 
It's Divise, and uh, thanks. It's, I can't barely say it myself. Divise. It is a good name, though. Divise. Well, thank you. Does it mean handsome Dan? <laughs> that would be a lie, but uh, my <laughs> grandparents are from a place called Vise, which is a little town in Belgium, which oh. I think is where the Germans oh. stormed through Belgium in World War One. So they, they, I think they burned it to the ground. But yeah, Vise. I like it, Daniel Divise. I like it's a very nice name. That's all I have to tell you. Oh, thank you. So um, Greg Lamond is a uh, local boy, right? Yeah, he spent as much of his life in, in, in Minneapolis area as anywhere. They, they settled there after he got famous and stayed, I think, for 30 years. Yeah. And the only reason they, they sort of moved away a couple of years ago was he had this uh, interest, business interest in Knoxville. And so they've been there for a few years. But I think their heart still resides in, uh, in Minneapolis. Yeah, I talked to him a couple of times. Now, actually, uh, I never met him in person. Well, I saw him in person once, but I, I didn't talk to him that time. He was... Just had a happened to be at the same movie, at which I was uh, seated. Um, but he was the guy to tell you the truth. After he retired, and the whole thing happened with old One Nut, whatever his name was, Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong. <laughs> one Nut. I always thought Greg Lemond was a very classy guy and handled the whole Tour de France thing with nothing but class. Am I wrong about that, Daniel? Um, you know, I, I've written three or four books, and I feel like I, I will only spend two years of my life writing about someone I think is a good person. Right. And yes, I think Greg and Kathy are marvelous human beings, and the fame never has gone to their heads. I just love the fact that he would, you know. So where did he actually grow up? Oh, gosh. He was born in Lakewood, California, which is outside of uh, L.A., and the family moved to the Reno, Nevada, the Washoe Valley, as it's called. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, and, and that's where he spent his childhood, and that's how he got into all these rugged, outdoorsy sports. Sure. And there was a, a, a bicycle racing circuit in Nevada and Northern Cal, which includes Berkeley and other sort of cycling hotspots. And that's kind of where he made a name for himself before he went to Europe and became a pro. But, yeah, I mean, and, and am I just pining away for the old days before everybody cheated in baseball and football and basketball and hockey and, uh, you know, bicycle? Everybody cheats now. Or maybe they're getting back to where they don't cheat anymore, I hope. Anymore. I, I don't know much outside of cycling, but I, I think there's a strong parallel to be drawn to baseball because in baseball, like in Hank Aaron's era, um, people, you know, drank a lot of coffee and took, I think they took speed and stuff like that, but it right. wasn't really, it wouldn't change your outcome. It wouldn't change you into a superstar. Same thing in cycling. It's a very good parallel. And the really good stuff started appearing in both sports, I think, uh, around the 1990s. And so it was transformative. Uh, dope was transformative in both baseball and cycling. Oh, yeah. Well, got competitive yeah. gaming. These people are t taking Adderall. They're taking amphetamines because it increases their uh, their reactions. Oh man! And that's, this is to play video games. To play so video imagine games. what people would do so they can become, you know, an NFL star. You know, they make a lot of money. Those video game champions. <laughs> I used to laugh at him because my stepson, when he was thirteen, was watching something like this is the dumbest thing in the world, and he goes, "Dad, that kid just won two hundred fifty-six thousand dollars." I don't get it, but. So, Daniel, here's the deal. Uh, back in the day, this is 35 years ago. Uh, yeah, about 35 years ago. The most I ever bench pressed was a little over 400 pounds, which was a lot of weight back in the day. As a matter of fact, the, the, 
the world champion at that time had bench pressed 725. So to come within 300 pounds of the world record, I was really happy with that. And I never did drugs or any of that stuff. You know what the world bench press record is right now, Daniel? No, sir. 1150. (laughs) 1150 pounds. All they do is cheat in that sport now. Wow. What you're telling me, I'll never get on your bad side, that's for sure. Well, it wasn't me that did 1150, Daniel. You're okay. <laughs> you're okay. You're good to go. Plus, I've got, I've had, I'm a few years older, so I think you're safe. I'm pretty <laughs> sure you're good to go. But I, that, that is why I love, and the reason I'm even making these points is that's how much I loved watching Greg LeMond, because I don't know that he ever cheated. He just rode the bike the way he was supposed to. He carried, he comported himself very, very well. I just, I'm a huge Greg LeMond fan. Oh, you and me both. I just love the film. So how much time have you spent with him? Oh, gosh. He, he's a very busy dude. Um, I mean, he's not an, exactly an A-list celebrity, mm-hmm. but in the cycling world, which is an insular world, he, he, he is the big celebrity now, so he's a sure. very busy guy. Um, having said that, uh, he made time for me a, a number of different times while I was working on the book. I think the first time we met was at a restaurant on that lake out where, near where he lived. Was it the La- uh, lake Minnetonka, probably. Yeah, he lived in, yeah. Didn't he live in Wayzata? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so we had a long lunch there. And that was a long time ago now. I don't even remember which year, but it was I think it was nice weather. And then um, the very last time we met was at a sports bar outside of Knoxville. And we sat there for like five hours, and I was just grilling him on all these little details i said dude i don't want to get anything wrong in this book because uh, you know i just wanted to be as close to accurate as i could so yeah i i got i pinned him down a number of times and and kathy his wife was extraordinarily helpful as well and then the rest of the work i just worked around him and interviewed all of his buddies who were very very forthcoming and very helpful yeah i just that it's just a great story dan butner is another guy that has done uh a lot of kind of work and, and been very honest about it. Didn't cheat at doing it. I think he cycled around the world, actually, last time, oh, wow. last time I checked. But these are the kind of people that really inspire uh, greatness in other people, I think. You don't have to go, you know, outside the lines. You don't have to cheat. You can get it done. No, yeah, look, I mean, everybody else can't be cheating at the same time you're not <laughs> cheating. Uh, there's no question about that. But it just, it's... Whenever I saw Greg Lamont on television talking, he always, as I said, comported himself very well. He was just a gentleman. Seems like a very smart guy. He, he's pretty bright, isn't he? Um, yeah, there's different kinds of intelligence, and I'm convinced he was, he was instructing his father and his coach in how to win races, how to tactically gain an advantage. This when Greg was like 14 or 15, and his father and his coach would go race these kind of senior category one races and so this is a 14 15 year old you know basically laying out a game plan for his 37 year old father this is how this is where you attack he would be looking at the map like you know general Patton. he's a very smart guy and also as you said real affable kind of like a real life version of the dude from that breaking away movie yeah yep the movie wasn't based on him but it but it could have been i mean it he's like he's like that guy he's really friendly and just you know burst of sunshine when he walks into a room it's not a bad way to make a living riding a bike, you know. Well, it's 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 perilous. I mean, these guys. It is, get, yeah. I I do all these book talks, and I, I'm done with this these book talks for this book. But <laughs> a few days ago, I got an email from a dude. I'd sent him a signed book, 
and he basically received it in his hospital room because he just had a horrible spill in Pennsylvania and has like a rod in his femur now. And I met a lot of dudes like that. And these guys who, who, who ride bicycles hundreds of miles a week, either they're like in the best health and they'll live to be a hundred or else they're like, they've got metal and set off metal detectors. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a perilous sport, but very, very good for you if you can keep it up. I love it. We only have about a minute left, so you mind if I tell you a very quick story that combines bicycle riding with weightlifting? Uh, not at all. You'll love this, Daniel. You should write a book about this. <laughs> the guy I just talked about uh, that uh, at the time uh, had the world bench press championship. He was a Minnesota guy, and he had bench pressed 725 pounds. Nobody had ever done that before. He was also the world uh, wrist wrestling champion at the same time. And he's driving along, and I'm in the passenger seat. So we're just driving along the road, and this guy with his, uh, you know, his French uh, bike hat, and he's on his bike, and he's got the whole outfit. You know how some of these guys who ride bikes get the whole outfit like they're in the Tour de France? You know what I mean? Uh, middle-aged men in, like, uh, mammals. <laughs> you're a, i got to remember a, that. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Uh, <laughs> that's very funny, actually. So for some reason, I don't know what this guy was thinking, but he pulls up next to us and kicks my friend's car door. And I looked at him like, what are you doing? And so we get out of the car, and he says to my friend, you cut me off back there. That's why I kicked your car. And I, well, you cut me. He said, first of all, I didn't kick you off, sir. But get off your bicycle. He goes, what, are you going to attack me? He goes, no, I'm not going to attack you, but get off your bicycle. He goes, no. He goes, no, sir, please. You got to get off your bicycle right now. So the guy wisely got off his bicycle. My friend picked it up and went and wrapped it around a tree. <laughs> oh, my God. I will never forget. He just ba- basically bench pressed that bike right around a tree. That's, that's a new one. That's a new one, Daniel. Now you got a new story, man. Wow. I love your attitude, by the way. You, you, you present yourself very well, Daniel. I love, uh, I love the way uh, you interview. Right back at you, sir. That's very kind. Daniel, thank you so much. The book, The Comeback, Greg LeMond, the true king of American cycling and a legendary Tour de France. It is on Amazon. You can find it everywhere, as a matter of fact. And Daniel, DanielDevise.com. Daniel, D-E-V-I-S-E.com. Daniel, thank you, sir. And thank you. Have a good day. You too. We'll be back. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. I had a great time talking. Uh, Daniel does a great interview because he's yeah. so laid back. He's he's interesting. 
What was that? Mammals? What yeah. was it? Middle-aged men in lycra. <laughs> Brilliant. Mammals. That's very funny, actually. It is funny. But, yeah, he did a great interview. I, that, I did not uh, lie about that. Greg Lamont, and I've never, I've talked to him on the air a couple of times. I've never met him in person. Saw him in person once, but he was such a class guy, just laid back, nicest yeah. guy in the world, never cheated, just did his job, won a Tour de France, which was unbelievable. Didn't he? He won a couple, didn't he? Two or he three. Won one. How many did he win, Andy? Greg LeMond, Tour de France. Greg LeMond. Let's see here. Greg LeMond. Uh, three-time winner of the Tour de France. There you go. Three times. Very good, man. And apparently he lived in Medina. Oh, okay. oh he, he lived in Medina? Was That's what Officer Dave says. Medina out there with all those other rich bastards. Yeah. Yeah. He also won the Road Race World Championship twice, whatever that is. Yeah, it's another cycling thing. Oh, it's a cycling thing? Yes. He was very good at it. There's no getting around that. There's no question about it uh, that he was very good at what he did. And It's just one of those situations where you're happy to see the guy, a guy like that succeed because he's a really decent human being. Again, I don't know him, but that's the impression I got from talking to everybody. There's a picture of his lean-to in uh, Medina, Minnesota. That was the lean-to he was for sale three years ago, I guess. How much did they get for it? Well, I'll have to read the article. So, uh, Lamont was 5'10". What would you guess his weight was? 165. 148. 148. Cyclists are very lean people. You're right. You're right. They're absolutely right. Well, and you don't want giant muscles when you're a cyclist. Technically, what you want is the biggest legs possible and the smallest torso and arms possible. Because the torso and arms don't help you go faster. No, you're quads. They just weigh you down. Your quads are the biggest thing on your body. Yep, so technically, you just want. You want to be very small, except for your legs. I could see that. That would make it's like jockeys. Sense. Jockeys, they have the smallest people possible go on those horses because any more weight than that's going to slow the horse down. Three point eight mil last time it was listed. That's three point eight good. Eleven thousand five hundred and fifty square feet. Holy God, wow. that's a big house, man. That's yeah, that's a, it's a lot of vacuuming. That's a big spot. Yeah, that's the thing about houses like that. Well, it's yeah. one of many things about houses like that. Although, have you seen these people that are moving out of L.A. now, moving to Montecito, California? Mm-mm. Oh, my God. Why didn't we buy houses in Montecito mm. several Where years Where is Montecito? Ago? I guess it's, how many miles is Montecito from Los Angeles, Andy? I think it's north, I think. Like a kind of northeast, I believe. Or maybe it's just straight north. Montecito to M-O-N-T-E-C-I-T-O. It is an hour and a half drive. Oh, it is an hour and a half. And it's it almost due north. west. Due west? Well, it can't be west. It would be in the ocean. It would be in the ocean, then. It's pretty close. It's west by northwest. Oh, so, yeah, because that's true, because the state goes out as it goes up. Yep. So that makes sense. So Montecito is the new hotspot. I didn't know it was an hour and a half, though. It is 91 miles. But all these uh, Los Angeles are getting out of Los Angeles buying these houses. I believe the last two sold for forty-seven million and sixty-seven million. Hmm. Oh, it's kind of up by Santa Barbara. Oh, it is. Okay, it's up which there. Which has never really been a cheap place to live. No, it has never been cheap to live there. You're absolutely right. No question about that. But I, I don't know. It's, uh, I man, that's got to be a tough place. How much are your property taxes on a sixty-seven million dollar house? I mean, seriously, aren't they usually like 1%, something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think that's probably pretty accurate. 
So about would be six hundred and seventy grand. Is that right? Is that one percent of sixty-seven million? Yeah, six hundred seventy thousand. Six hundred seventy thousand yeah. dollars a year in property taxes, <laughs> and probably more. I wouldn't be able to afford the Bentley. I'd have to sell it. Yeah, you'd have to sell the Bentley then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There is so much money out there now. It is unbelievable. Yeah. It is amazing the amount of money that people make, isn't it? Well, they say it is the, what is it, the sixth largest economy in the world is California. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Why are they so deeply in debt then? Uh, I don't know. They love to spend are, money. I th- are they, are they through they bankruptcy? Uh, yeah, that, I don't know. I know, know they pay a lot more money into the uh, feds than they get back. Oh, do they? Yeah, a ton. Yeah, I suppose that. Well, I suppose that would make sense. Yep. Just because California's so economy, well, its GDP is ahead of India and just behind Germany. Really? Yep. Yes. California's is. But then again, Minnesota's? 13% of them are below the poverty line, so. 13% of people in California are? Yep. Well, not I suppose not in Santa Barbara. They're no, not, not, not in Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara, Barbara them, no. yeah. You're talking probably <clears throat> then out in the uh, out on the east, east uh, border of California. East and south, if I had to guess. East and south is what I would guess, absolutely, because all those people out there don't have very much money at all. Once you get to Nevada and those other spots out there, they don't have very much money out there, so that's probably where the 13% comes from. Have you ever driven from L.A. to Vegas or vice oh, yeah. versa? Yep. It's, it's a weird drive. It is it? a really weird drive. And I remember one time I flew from Los Angeles. I had to fly. I, I was at a uh, Capitol Records convention when I was at you know, Capitol Records rep back what in the days. What kind of a drug-infested hootenanny was that? Oh, Jesus. And I didn't do drugs, so I was a, I was a misfit like there was no... One thing was great. One of the guys from Capitol felt... There was this huge grand staircase in this hotel. A beautiful hotel in, uh, in Palm Springs. Beautiful place. And one of our guys was standing at the top of that marble staircase. It was so high, he fell down the staircase. Oh! I mean, this is a marble staircase. So all the way down, he's like, ooh, ah, yeah. ah, ah, ah. He gets to the bottom, bag of cocaine falls out of his jacket. They call the police. I went for a walk, actually, you know, went for a run back then in those days. And I went around the hotel. There was so much cocaine laying out that had been thrown out the windows. It was unbelievable. Because the cops came and went through the, you know, the entire company. Right. I mean, there was so much cocaine just laying on the ground. I don't know who, whatever happened to it. I'm assuming somebody went and picked it up. Yeah, I, I probably you would think. The guy's name was Frank. I remember that. And Frank was like 6'6". He was a very, very big guy. And when he fell, it's man. Like he didn't kill whoo, himself. No, he Yeah, didn't. for real. He did not die, thank God. But he was a very big guy, and he bounced all the way down those stairs, man. We were a Suzuki dealer back in the 80s for a couple of years, and I went to the National Suzuki Dealers Meeting, and... It was a, it was a liquor infested hootenanny, and I was getting in the elevator to go back up to my room, and this Japanese guy got, was right behind me. It turns out he's Rick Suzuki, he's like the oh, son yeah. of the father, yeah. and he's so shit faced that there's a mirror in the back of the elevator. He looks up and he sees another Japanese guy and bows. Oh <laughs> no! Well, he bowed to himself. Yeah. Whoops! A little high, are we there, yeah, sir? Yeah, just a bit. You a little hammered. Is that the plan? Well, Japanese so, business people are good at drinking. I mean, they. Oh God! Oh, yeah. That I think it's like a, a thing. Oh yeah! Thought. If you any Japanese media in the world, there's going to have a drunk salary man in it. Yeah. Because that's just like a thing. It's just what they like. 
Uh, well, I mean, in Japan, you're expected to work, you know, 60, 70, 80 right, hour weeks. Are, yep. and you mean like I do. It's thankless like work. You don't typical. make that much money. You know, that's it's a hard life. It's a tough road to hoe, man. Did you ever hear my Japanese story the first time I ever went to Hawaii? <clears throat> Kath and I go to Hawaii in 1982, right? Mm-hmm. There's a convention at our hotel in Oahu, and uh, it, it said... The Firth National Convention, yep. number letter number one in the TH. Yeah. Instead of first, it said Firth. Yeah. Firth Convention, National Convention, right? I did not know this because I didn't know any Japanese people, but height just kind of mean excuse me, right? Well, height means yes. Oh, just why yes? Because when I got in the elevator, they'd all, they'd all go height like that. Oh, well, it's just kind of what they'd say. So it's just, you know. It's like saying... It's not saying hello. It's though. not saying hello. It's a, it's a, it's an acknowledgement kind of thing. It's an acknowledgement because I get on the elevator, and for like three days, every time I got on the elevator, all the Japanese people would go, hi, like yep. that. And I'd go, hey, how you doing? Oh, I, was, yeah. I thought they were saying hello, right? So, hey, how are you? Nice talking to you. How's everything going? Everything good? But they were very polite they were and very saying nice. saying hi. They were saying hi. But it was weird because I literally was a foot taller than everybody else. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, I bet. Well, it's like going to Florida. Yeah. It's rare to see someone over 5'6 in Florida. Really? They're all New New Yorkers. Oh, I suppose. They are, absolutely. Mm -hmm. On the east coast of Florida. Well, yeah, in the east coast. I've never been to the west coast of Florida except when I was like... It's like going to White Bear Lake. It is. It's all That's what I hear. Most of them retired car dealers. That's what I hear. They all move over to Tampa for some reason. Nick Passolt's down there, isn't he? Uh Uh-huh. He's down in Naples. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah, I think the last time I was on the west coast, I was what, like four? Uh, You were not even four. You were like two. Well, there you go. I remember nothing. Uh, No, no, you're right. You might have been four because that's where... Okay, we can close this this hour with this. Andy's four years old. We're down at uh, uh, Isle of Capri, which is just before you cross over mm-hmm. to get to uh, to um, what the hell is it called? Monte Carlo? No, it's not Santa Monte Bell? Carlo. Uh, I can't. No, can't help you. But it, Marco Island. Marco. There it is. Marco Island. That's what it. That's what it is. So we're at a restaurant Monte there, Carlo. and eh, Ma, Marco Island, Monte Carlo. What, what the hell is the difference? In any case, I'm kind of surprised there's never a car named Marco. The Marco. Sounds like a good car. It probably was. Anyway, so Andy... Boy, we got some ADD in this room <laughs> yeah, today. Yeah, for real. Squirrel. Squirrel. Andy has got to go to the bathroom, so Grandpa, uh, Don Brandt, uh, takes him to the men's room, and he comes back. So Andy was about three then, actually. They come back, and Don is laughing so hard, I think he's going to vomit. He's laughing so hard. He's, I said, what's going on? He goes, your son is unbelievable. We walk in, three-year-old Andy goes, Jesus Christ, does it stink in here. <laughs> He's, I wonder where we get that from. Yeah, yeah really. Catherine, typical. Yep. I did something similar to that to my grandfather when I was probably the funny. same age, maybe four. My dad was, uh, he, he'd gone back to school to get his Ph.D., so we moved in with my grandparents in Wellesley, Massachusetts, and lived on the second floor of their house for a couple of years. And My dad and my grandfather were watching the Red Sox one afternoon, and they decided it's time to teach Doug how to pee standing up like a guy, right? And being a cognitive psychologist, they decided to model it, right? So all three of uh-huh. us in the bathroom, and 
grandfather goes and my dad and then they stand me in front of the toilet and they wait for 30 seconds nothing's going on they go back to watch the game and I don't remember this but I came out and big smile on my face and I said did it and they came around the corner and I shit all over the floor oh god but I was standing up but you were standing. <laughs> they didn't tell me not to do that that's yeah <laughs> You have to be very specific when it comes to That's children. That's right. We will take a break. Be back with Hour 2 and Car Selling Secrets.